Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome. I'm here today with uh, Rob Henderson, um, and we're talking about uh, the show, HBO show Deadwood, um, which ran in the uh, the aughts um, for three seasons. Um, and we're talk- we've only watched um, the beginning of it. So we've only watched uh, season one and then season two, episodes one and two. So there will be spoilers through season two, episodes one and two. And we don't know what happened. We don't know what happens after that. So we have, we're going to like speculate and stuff. So there's spoilers, but there's also, we, we have limited knowledge uh, about where the, where the series goes. So if you want to, you know, if you don't want spoilers, um, if you want to follow along with us, you just watch up to that point and, and uh, you know, uh, mute this if you're mute this or close this podcast or whatever, and then come back uh, when, when you've caught up with us. Um, and so, Rob, I, I, you know, Andreessen recommended this to me for a while. Um, he might have even recommended while we were uh, recording. The yeah, Shield. I think he mentioned it when we were during our Shield conversation. I remember he 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 mentioned it. Mm. Um, and you know, he it, it's lived it lived up to the hype. I mean, I think it's. It's top tier uh, as far as shows I've watched. Do you, do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people have been recommending me this show for more than 10 years now. Uh, like, yeah, I've, I, people have been telling me how great this show is. And I, I was never like a big fan of Westerns. I, you know, I, I like, uh, you know, I like Clint Eastwood as an actor, but I, I, I never got into like the, you know, the sort of like the cowboy Western kind of thing, like those movies, John Wayne and all of that. So that, and that's kind of what I thought this was like, you know, the HBO miniseries extended series version of that um and so it just didn't really uh, seem that appealing to me but then you know since you and i've been doing these 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 discussions and and andreessen recommended it and you know people have been recommending it to me for so long i finally got around to it and uh yeah it's um i've seen it mentioned alongside other great tv shows right like sopranos and breaking bad and all ill wire and the dead deadwood is often mentioned there not always but often and uh, yeah, I, I'd have to say uh, it, it definitely belongs there. It's uh, it's so far at least it's been an incredible, incredible show. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It's top. I mean, the, I think the best, my favorite show of all that whole era is uh, Sopranos, and I mean, Breaking Bad is up there. And I, you don't like Better Call Saul, but I, I think it's it's in the running. And uh, you know, it's it's. I mean, Deadwood is there. Deadwood is in that um, in that top category for me. Um, yeah. And so let me ask you this: Who do you think? Who do you think is the main character of the show? Because it's not as obvious in a lot, as in a lot of other shows. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess there's there's arguments to be made for either um, Seth Bullock, the you know the sheriff now, uh, and it opens with him, right? Like he's the first sort mm-hmm. of main character you see in the show, um, where he like what performs an impromptu hanging of a criminal that he's, he has in his, in in the, in the local jail and the mob comes after this guy and they want to kill him. And, and Seth like realizes that, you know, if he doesn't kill this guy that the mob will. So he decides to, you know, have this sort of imprimatur of the law of like a legal process and just hangs him uh, on site instead of waiting till the following day or whatever. So I guess, yeah, the Bullock arguably, but then Swearingen, is um you know just like way more interesting to watch you know anti-heroes sure, just swear generally engine, not swear not swear and gin right swear and so, swear and gin like no, uh are you sure swear and gin is you sure it's not swear and i'm like 90 percent. let me like, swear uh, yeah it's all swear and gin okay i guess yeah wait, wait, he's yeah. a real character okay i'm not gonna i just pulled up on wikipedia it looks like it's a picture of a real guy but i'm not gonna read i don't want to know anything it sounds like he might have been a real person 
Yeah, I think, well, Over all of these, years. so all of the, the whole show is oh. loosely based on real events. Oh, um, no way. Oh, you didn't know? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the, the creator, David Milch, uh, he, 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 he also was the, the showrunner for NYPD Blue back in the 90s, uh, which was like at that time, like kind of the, the 90s era equivalent of prestige television. I guess like, you know, NYPD Blue was like gritty and dark and had an anti-hero protagonist, you know, for, for its time. But yeah, this show he he drew on uh, like real life events. So not all of the characters are um, based on real people, but many of them are. And like he takes you know creative license with you know different yeah. different uh, yeah, aspects yeah, of the historical timeline. But yeah, yeah. so Swearinger, uh, it's, 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 so uh, who do you, yeah so so who do who do you think it, who do you think it is if you had to pick one? I mean, okay, so I don't know how to how to think about that because, like, what does main character mean? Like, I w- something that just jumped into my mind would be the main character is the one you'd be most surprised by if they killed him off, and I think I'd be more surprised if they killed Swearingen off than than Bullock. No, I don't. Uh, I, I, I don't think that's a good. De- I don't think that's a good definition. Like Sopranos, like you watch Sopranos, you're like, okay, like it's not like Carmela's the main character because I would have been more surprised if they killed off Carmela than than Tony or something. I mean, or you know, so I, I, I almost thought Tony might get killed. Yeah, off. No, no, no. You, if, if if they killed off Tony, like that would be the most shocking thing in the show, right? Like well, not at the he's end. Like, the at main the character. End, at the end of the sh- at the end oh, of and, the at show. the end. I oh, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm not talking about the end. I'm just okay. talking about like you know. It, in the middle of an episode somewhere, yeah. right? Yeah. Like if Seth Bullock dies in a, in a in a shootout, or like you know he's killed by the by the dirt worshippers, then uh, I think that would be like like if he had been killed in that fist fight he had um, with the uh, you know the Indian. Remember, like he's knocked yeah. off his horse, and if he was killed then, it would have been shocking, but not yeah. like. Um, you know, not not super surprising. Whereas I think if Swearingen dies at any point from now till the end of the series, that would be kind of shocking to me. But I don't know. What, what do you think? Who do you think is the yeah, main character? Yeah, I do. Th- I think it's Swearingen. I think there's a little bit of a head fake where they want you to think it's Bullock. I mean, I'd be surprised if either of one, either of them died. You know, I don't know. Do we, does do shows need one main character? I think so. And I think that a lot of the prestige TV, the you know, I'm just thinking about this. They're built around sort of just the just the uh, uh, sort of outlier charisma of like one man, right? Mm. Draper, Soprano, um, mm. uh, you know, Walter, Walter White. Each yeah. of these shows has, has someone like that. And they, you know, they just stand out. And Bullock is, you know, I think it's like a little bit of a head fake. Like, oh, the show starts with him. He's like a good guy. He's like supposed to like represent like, I don't know, like duty and honor and like decency and, and whatever. But he's not that interesting. Like I watch, you know, I watch, but he doesn't make you laugh. You know, you, you don't like, you know, you're not really, you know, you, you, you like him and whatever, you know, he's a good guy and honorable and all that. Uh, but, you know, but Swearinger is, you know, Swearinger, I mean, you're just, I mean, you're just captivated by him. You see, he's got all these men around him. I mean, you're, you're laughing, you know, you're, you're in his mind, you're watching him sort of, you know, he's just interested. He's interested because he's more complicated than Bullock. He's trying to plan something while Bullock is just trying to run a hardware store and enforce justice, I guess. And Swearinger, man, seems to, seems to want to be, uh, you know, sort of the king of the American West or, or something. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the show is trying to, at least at this point where we are, it seems like the show or the, the creators, they're trying to show this sort of duality of, of like maybe how America views itself or like the sort of the, the mythos around the, like the, the expansion of, of the American, 
territories or something where like Bullock is like the face of it, right? Like Bullock is who we want to believe we are or like the sort of uh, flattering self-image we have of like what the American Old West was like about this sort of honorable, dutiful sheriff who, you know, he doesn't even want to be sheriff. He like reluctantly takes power uh, even if he doesn't want to, but but we can all tell that he is actually the most qualified person. Like he's the guy you'd want to be the sheriff of a town like that, and uh, and we're sort of relieved, I think, near the end of season one when he finally accepts that that mantle, uh, despite like season one kind of running from it. And then Swearingen is like probably the the guy like that's the person who like that's the type of personality who got things actually done. Like they're the ones behind the scenes who actually made things happen in the American Old West. So it's like. And I think Swearingen is kind of aware of this, right? Like he wanted Bullock to be the sheriff. He wanted to have like this um, clean cut front man for Deadwood to like give, uh, like to lend legitimacy to, you know, yeah, it's a camp, but uh, you know, it's going to be annexed and they want to like sort of keep things how they are. And he knows that if they have Seth Bullock as their sheriff, it sort of lets, you know, gives, gives the appearance of this being like everything is smooth and above board and and not run by a bunch of outlaws whereas Swearingen is like you know he's the most interesting character he's uh, he's actually the one sort of pulling the pulling the strings and uh the man everyone goes to right like he's clearly the one who holds power in the town too because every time there's a meeting among the like the the, the elite of Deadwood it's always in the gem yeah. right it's always in his saloon and he's the one hosting it with his uh, canned fruits yeah I mean, although I don't think that's the only reason he wanted Bullock to be the sheriff. I think that, you know, there, there probably was, it was good to have a non-corrupt uh, sheriff. It's sort of like, you know, you know, you know, about like the stationary bandit, like the idea that like someone who's like, you know, gains control over a territory wants to enforce law because he wants it to, the uh, uh, territory to grow and he wants to be able to, you know, get taxation and all that. So this Swearingen is like sort of the king of this place and he wants it, he needs it to function well. He has legitimate sort of interests um mm. in the city functioning and having like a non-corrupt like competent sheriff you know it seems to me to be like a way for him to do that you know not just the the sort of pr uh benefits of having bullock there yeah yeah that was an interesting twist because i think in a lot of these kinds of shows and like in the popular imagination you would think like a like a gangster or like a mafia boss like they they want someone corrupt to to be the head of the police uh or the sheriff or like you know the 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 sort of the 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 person who's in charge of the law because you know the the a criminal leader would want they they would think that uh a corrupt police officer would be more open to uh to dealing with them but swearingen is you know he's depicted as like very shrewd and he's aware that like he can he can deal with bullock and he can actually you know, sort of operate, you know, close to the bounds of the law with his saloon and what he's doing. And I guess like the, the, the opium and the dope, like that's kind of, I actually don't know, like, like the legal status of drugs. Oh, it's legal. I mean, it's legal. American, American federal government didn't, and this place has no law. This place is not even the federal government, but the federal government, I think, didn't start banning substances until like early 20th century. So in the old West, yeah, there's nothing illegal about opium. I'm pretty sure. Okay. And then at that point, yeah, then it kind of makes sense that Swearingen would want, uh, yeah, want someone who, this was the era when the British were going to war with China to force them to like open, you know, to open their market so yeah people didn't believe in the prohibition stuff yeah 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 that makes yeah so so then uh for swearingen right like he wants someone who he can deal with and who whose behavior he can who that that's predictable right like unlike cy like cy tolliver who uh you know is kind of swearingen's rival uh who runs uh what is it the bella bella something what's what's this saloon Uh, called a bella union 
Is yeah. it Bell Union or Bella Union? Yeah, Bella Union sounds right. Bella yeah. Union. Um, and and so someone like that, right? Like he's he's a little bit of a hothead. He's impulsive. He's he's smart and calculating, but like I I don't know that you would necessarily is, be able to predict him. I mean, bullet, you would always know. Is he? I mean, he seems calculating. What he's trying to do with the Chinese, he's trying to use racial uh, grievance to get the oh, yeah. whites to attack the Chinese to like take their land. And when he deals with when the American military comes in, and he actually, I mean, this is a, a very kind of maintain order kind of thing. He tries to offer them like money to keep an American troop presence there. So he also wants, you know, and everyone sees the American uh, mili- the American military um, as you know army, I guess, as not. Uh, not corrupt and like you know keeping order and then the you know the the general who who, whichever general that is he's talking to he's like oh sir if i was if this was civilian life you know i'd you know if i was a sheriff i'd hang you or something or something like that so uh, his caliber seems you're right he's more hot-headed he is more hot-headed when it comes to women uh in particular um what's interesting is like i read that so so the character the the actor who plays i Tolliver was actually initially slated to play swearingen uh so so i thought that was an interesting like i don't know how he would have played swearingen differently uh but instead he got this other role which is like sort of swearingen's doppelganger uh in yeah. a way not exactly the same but 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 plays a similar role like he's kind of swearingen's rival in the town and uh so so yeah i guess uh he he's the the show does something interesting like a lot of shows do this with with anti-heroes where in order to get you on like this unsavory anti-hero side they make the other guy even worse and so so despite like swearjin being uh you know he commits you know several egregious acts and it, but it portrays them in a sort of an understandable way at least some of them whereas with site Tolliver, right like they they clearly make him out to be like a, a much more unlikable character especially in the episode with the uh the two teenagers uh who uh you know like uh, what uh, they they're, they're sort of um uh impersonating oh, yeah yeah uh yeah. you know these these sort of innocent <laughs> uh the, you know these sort of two innocent kids but they turn out to be hustlers and yeah. Cy Tolliver is clearly uh i mean i after after he tortures the kids he says he you know he only did it because he had to put on a show to 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 prevent other people from trying to steal from him but i don't know i found that a little hard to believe based on everything else we know about the character i think a part of him enjoyed that i i'm sure i'm sure he did he wanted revenge yeah, that was a that was dark. That was that was dark. Cy that Tolliver. was a pretty grim scene. Man. Like, yeah, that, like this is that that was actually the moment where I realized, like, oh no, Deadwood is not just like a sort of western, right? Because, uh, like, a lot of those other westerns, I think, like, it would have had these two little teenage kids like blowing into town, making off with the goods, and then like everyone would have been mad at them, and you would have like, you know, you wouldn't have liked those kids, but you would have thought like, oh well, good for them, whatever, like. But in this show, it's like, nope, like in Deadwood, these kids are going to be like tortured and punished and killed in like yeah. the most brutal fashion possible. Well, yeah, I mean, and this is like a luxury, like, oh, people steal from you, haha, ha, you know, you have a This is a luxury of very rich societies, right? These people are living on the edge of the frontier of civilization, and they can, I mean, I, I sympathize with uh the need to keep order and this is even bullock the most clean character has a harsh idea of justice if you steal something you, you know you, you uh you get put to death right um so mm. there's you know there's no nobody differs on that like nobody differs on harsh justice in the show and i think that's you know that's true to probably true to the time and you know to uh reflect sort of the values you need in order to survive in that environment yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it's uh, it's interesting right because deadwood doesn't have like they don't really have a police presence. They don't have 
I mean, it doesn't even seem like they have straightforward laws, right? Because it's not it's not technically a part of the United States yet. Uh, it's sort of this outpost. Aren't they on like Indian territory? There's some like negotiations yeah, ongoing it's... with the federal government. Um, and so there's actually no formal laws or bo- like governing bodies yeah. or police. Well, I mean, they didn't get a, they didn't even get yeah. a single sheriff until I mean, there's not no police. There's no police. There's there's nothing. Yeah. There's, there's until no that guy, uh, not Ellsworth, but but before Bullock, right? Like they had the guy who was kind of the sheriff but didn't do anything, and then Bullock yeah. took over. Uh, and yet it manages to operate right with with some degree of civility. Mm-hmm and predictability and people are able to do business and i think yeah the the sort of looming threat of violence is sort of what keeps everyone in line and, and like viol- i mean yeah it's it, violence regularly breaks out but i think the sort of the fear of it keeps keeps it from from becoming anar- you know, anarchic yeah yeah and you know i was thinking about i was uh you know recently read uh joe heinrich's books and i had him on the podcast uh just for the release the podcast the, the other day and the, the transcript and i was thinking about weird morality in the context of the old west and like you have these people um who you know uh, uh like almost all men um except for the women who are prostitutes um who come out there and they're building something out of complete anarchy and they have you know uh, saloons and you know hotels and you know a lot of these things you know that are sort of hallmarks of uh, civilization. Um, and this is not a, you know, this is not a, um, and, you know, no laws, obviously, and no, no police. And this, this is not an accomplishment, you know, you can, you could take for granted. Like, you know, I think you needed some cultural preconditions for that. And then they, you know, they start forming government and they start forming rules and they, and they learn to live amongst themselves, even though, you know, there's corruption and, and all violence and all that. Um, but nonetheless, they, they make it work. They form communities out of, out of nothing. Right. Yeah. And they eventually, they become something, something much greater. And, you know, I don't think you get that in many other cultures. I think there are, the, I think you need the, you know, you needed the, the sort of, uh, uh, you know, the Western civilizational package, uh, for that to work. The marriage and family program. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. I mean, uh, it's, yeah, even, even the, uh, like the pimps, right. They have. I mean, yeah, they, they, Swarnjian's not married, but he had Trixie, right? Like he was in what seemed to be a monogamous relationship, uh, you know, you know, before Trixie kind of left him for, for Saul, um, did we see Al uh, with any other women besides Trixie? I found that surprising. Oh, after, uh, oh you're 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 forgetting like the best scenes of the the show. After Which oh, one you're talking that? about before. You're talking before Be- he got rid of Trixie. B- before Trixie, right? Like before Trixie left him, which which he was actually like you could tell this had some emotional effect on him that yeah. she doesn't want to be with him anymore. Um, was he with any? I think he was relatively monogamous and faithful to Trixie, despite yeah, but being I the. Think, I think he was yeah. just busy. I mean, he was busy at the just end busy. of the day. <laughs> I mean, a lot of a lot of busy men in that situation, right? Would would still indulge. Uh, you know, Tony was busy, but he would still occasionally yeah. sleep with a stripper. Yeah, it's where, it's where it has, oh, you know, access. I don't think he would be monogamous to a to a prostitute. I just can't. I mean, she's a prostitute. She's sleeping yeah. with other men. I mean, I, I know I she's imagine. a prostitute, but but you'd almost never see Al. To my knowledge, yeah, at least in my memory, I can't remember. Yeah, he was, you know, he he would have, he would sleep. Like, he would have a place uh, reserve his bed for her. And uh, it yeah, was clearly true. unhappy when she when she basically, like, what, more or less broke up with him yeah. to, to be with Saul. And then Sai, uh, right? Like, Sai has his main, uh, you know, his main squeeze. What's her name? Jo- Joanne? Joan? Joanne? Yeah. Joni, right, Joni. And, um... And yeah, like he doesn't really seem particularly interested in sleeping with other women either. So like, yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, despite 
both of them operating these uh, these uh, brothels and these saloons. Um, they they seem to to practice you know monogamy or yeah, monogamish. That's interesting. Yeah, they're, and they're, then, uh, they're monogamous pimps. Yes, okay, monogamous pimps. And then uh, yeah, monogamous pimps. That's uh, <laughs> that's the name for this pod, for this conversation. Uh, but but then uh, uh, Saul uh, Seth, Seth Seth Bullock. He's um, he's not faithful, right? Like this is sort of you know, despite him being the sort of more classic, straightforward yeah. hero character. Um, yeah, his, but those guys. But those guys aren't married. I mean, it's not like yeah. they're you know, it's not like they're living a Christian life. They're not married. I mean, they they you know, I don't know. I don't. We don't even see Oliver. Do we? We don't even see him sleeping with Joni. I mean, I th- you know, I don't know. Oliver, I don't know who he... yeah, he. Yeah. Uh, do we not see? I think we like he's he's affectionate toward her, but yeah, I don't think we we see them yeah. actually sleep together, which is which is kind of interesting. Um, yeah. Right. Well, Seth, Seth Seth Bullock's character, he's married and he's you know unfaithful to his wife, but it's kind of complicated because she was married to his brother who was killed in the Civil War, and so he's with her, I guess, in part out of guilt and and duty to his brother. But you know he clearly feels racked with guilt over this, um, which you know may, maybe uh, maybe in, in a different kind of culture, uh, you know that wasn't um, wasn't so weird. He wouldn't feel so guilty over you know uh, sleeping with another woman besides his his official wife, and uh, you know he even gives her uh, he gives his lover an ultimatum about like we're either going to leave Deadwood together or you and I are going to have to stop seeing each other because it's uh, it's unfair. It's humiliating. It's humiliating to his wife that they would be carrying on this affair while she's now in town. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that the the relationships, despite like all of the violence and the swearing and the sort of outlaw mentality, the the treatment of of romantic relationships was remarkably traditional. I thought, uh, yeah, like the the men are violent towards the women, but but most of the violence is basically like a way to like keep them devoted well, to that man right yeah i mean yeah the anti-hero i mean swearinger and then Cy tolliver is also like a sort of a semi-anti-hero in the in the film too in the in the, in the show too uh the, you know one of the things they they show here which they don't in other uh another other uh other sort of uh tv shows is like the actual violence towards women like tony soprano never hits his wife uh don draper they were both in situations where you might expect that they they might hit their wives but they don't they, they never show that and the you know, I think maybe you probably couldn't even do that. Maybe you couldn't even do that today. Like maybe in the even in the past, like you'd have to show that like the guy doesn't beat his wife or or whatever. Um, but mm-hmm. the fact that like you know, swear like you know, he beats he beats up these women. Um, you know, this is a you know, this is something. You know, it's like unique to it. And even like the way he the way he uh, uh, you know uh, explicit content alert the way he pounds um, Trixie. Right. See. Yeah, in the just, first episode, just, it's like a violent kind of. It's like a violent, very violent kind of sex. And then these scenes um, with the the woman he replaced Trixie with, where he's just like he's just like talking to her. She's like not even there. She's like not even a person. He's like using her and like enjoying her, and then just like talking to her and like thinking through like what he needs to be doing. I mean, those are uh, yeah, those are those are amazing scenes. I think that the few the few scenes with with uh, his new lover. I wonder where it's going to go with that. Uh, but yeah, you're right. That's also monogamous. Although he's, he's, he's yeah, because it's thing. just the one. It's just the same. Like both times, she's yeah. blowing him while he's sort of uh, you know delivering yeah. a monologue and 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 sort of processing 
processing yeah, his thoughts. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's just he's just a creature of convenience. Like uh, <laughs> he doesn't want to choose between all the prostitutes, and he's just like I'm well, busy, the, like trying to run the this con- The creature of convenience would just like point to the nearest woman and say, "Hey, come over here." Yeah, but, but you'd he have keeps to, like, choosing you'd have this to, one. You'd have to like figure out their shift schedule and like whether what night they're off and like all that. No, while, he wouldn't. Like, he could literally just like announce like whoever's closest to me enter my room. Like you know, he could he could do that. No, they could they yeah. could be the person closest to him might have a job. Right. Yeah, he yeah, knows yeah. Trixie. He knows Trixie I, is off Thursdays at five I think, p.m. I think Al Swearengen's a one-woman man. I think he's. Uh, and another, you know. another, and I mean, and another thing is like you can imagine how this could complicate your business if you're sleeping mm-hmm. with these different women and they're getting jealous and they're fighting over who could be, um, you know, who can be uh, uh, sort of the the top one, you know, the his, yeah. his main his main girl. So you can yeah. like because he doesn't seem to love that that second woman. I mean, he doesn't seem to have maybe he does in his own weird way, but he's like he almost like enjoys abusing her. Um, and so yeah, maybe maybe that's part of his his how he shows love. Maybe that's part of his his monogamous sort of uh uh you know part of his sort of monogamous strategy. I, I think it is. There's sort of a mate guarding component to it where he yeah. inflicts inflicts violence to like instill fear in them so that they won't stray. Um, you know, like he okay. <laughs> Al Al Swearingen is the most brutal to Trixie in season, in episode one of the series, and she stays with him all the way through, almost up until the final. Uh, yeah, towards the final uh, episode of season one, and you know maybe there's an argument to to be made that the reason she uh, she she left him for us all was because he wasn't uh, you know he he became softer toward her over time. Yeah, he wasn't quite you're as right. physical toward her, uh, and she felt uh, you know a little bit more uh, uh, you know uh, let, more unburdened you know just willing to willing to leave him uh, because she recognized there was this softness in him. Like there was this scene where he. Remember when he grabs Trixie? I don't remember what episode this was. This is when they were still technically together. Uh, he grabs her by the vagina and like squeezes and is like threatening her. And uh, and then she runs off. And I think that's when she starts to go towards Saul. Right. And um, and yeah, Al Swerge yeah. kind of feels bad about this. And he's like and he's scrubbing the bloodstain on the floor. Of uh, this was the guy that um, I think it was Ellsworth killed him who was staring at the teenage girl. Uh, one of the, one of the two uh, impersonators, and elsewhere he's he's clearly like upset that she left him, and he's emotional over it and so forth. And like at least if my uh, my sort of uh, uh, rudimentary understanding of like rap songs Elsworth, and Elsworth. like articles about Ellsworth, not Ellsworth, da- Dan, daughter, daughter, daughter. Oh, Dan, right? yeah, yeah, Dan. Yeah. I think it, Dan was the one who killed him. That's right. Yeah, no, Ellsworth okay. doesn't. Ellsworth is a nice guy. Okay, Ellsworth is okay. not Ellsworth. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, get the, I get the secondary characters. Yeah. yeah, those ones are uh, well. Eb Eb is an easy one to remember, but some of the other secondary characters, the names. Yeah, yeah. Ellsworth is the guy who was uh, doing the work for Alma Garrett for the for yeah. the uh, for the woman, um, and he's the nice guy, the honest guy. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's good. Honest, yeah, he's a good guy. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, so like, yeah, I, I, like my my point was that like, you know, pimps aren't supposed to be like emotional, right? Like, part of the reason why they're able to win the loyalty of these women is because of like the harshness and the brutality. And the sort of coldness, and for whatever reason, this is what draws these broken women to them. And yeah. like, it's it's only when Al starts to like when, when the cracks start to show, and he starts to care for Trixie, that's when she leaves him, right? Yeah. Uh, so okay, so yeah, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but that is what happened. That is great. Yeah, that is a great interpretation. I, I didn't think of it like that. And and you're right. And it's sort of this is the this is the strategy he's using with the new woman. He's he, you know he's he's got her under his control. Breaking her he's, in. 
Yeah, yeah. Exa- exactly. And maybe he'll become soft and maybe she'll leave. Maybe she'll leave. Maybe <laughs> maybe that's his go off with Cy Tolliver. Oh, yeah, man. that's his, that's his pattern. Yeah, Cy, to- Cy Tolliver. Yeah, I, that's a uh, yeah, that's a very very dark uh, dark character. Um, the oh, you know what would be brave if they showed Bullock beating a woman? That would be brave because it would be like I don't think like a guy who like I don't think a guy like Bullock in that time would be like against like wife beating. Like I, I think it was probably seen as as normal. I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not 100 percent sure on the history here, but I, I I would think so, right? It wasn't like bad men beat their wives and good men don't. I, I don't think it was seen that way. No, I don't. I think you're right. I think there there may have been some some nuances here. Like what just came to mind was that that scene from The Sopranos where uh, Richie Aprile uh, tells Christopher Moltisanti to that, that he he he's not allowed to beat Adriana until they're married. He's like, uh-huh. you know, he's basically said, like, stop, stop beating my niece. Once, once you two are married, it's none of my business. But, but, but like that kind of mentality of like, if you're married, then you can do anything you want to your wife. But um, if you're not married, you you can't just like beat any random woman with impunity. I think that yeah. that seems like at least that's my sort of intuition. I, I would my, guess my that I would guess, that, I would guess like. that's, that's probably liberal by like you know 19th century old old world you know uh, uh, yeah. old West standards. I, I would guess. I don't know some some. Uh, well, I mean, okay, so, so like if Seth yeah. Bullock saw, like if he saw Saul Star just like beating a random woman, would no, he, you can't like, beat random women. You can't beat random women. Yeah, you're like, like a woman you're having sex with, yeah. or like yeah, having sex. Yeah. But even having sex is like not legitimate. That's considered like wrong. I you know I think with so that it's it's like complicated. Like what's the right relationship uh, uh, there? What do you think yeah. about what do you think about this Elma? Okay, first of all, it's, it's hilarious that uh, Bullock's wife is um, Walter White's wife is uh, Skyler. Oh, yeah, yeah Skyler White. I don't even know her real name, but yeah, I was like, oh, that's Skyler White. It's funny because like in, in Breaking Bad, she's playing the same role. She's just like sort of there and like yeah. sort of a drag and like just a burden. Like she you know, she's just like you're in Walter's shoes and you're just like, ah, oh, my wife. I'm just trying to sell meth and do cool stuff, and here she is complaining. Yeah. I stay out too late. She's and, kind like, of a here, drag again, a wet blanket. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. She's a well, she's a wet blanket in both. She's like maybe like a standard wet blanket. When you need a white blanket, you grab this actress. Uh, yeah. And you, and you put her in the role. Yeah, that is that's a, yeah that's an interesting one because she's she's not a you know she's 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 a, a an attractive woman. She's uh, but I guess yeah, there, her presence is kind of like there's a there's like an eerie judgmental feeling or something about her face yeah. and her eyes or something yeah. and when you're like you know a, a a man who's who's doing things that are you know potentially unsavory i guess like <laughs> that feeling is not not great um so yeah i wonder do i mean do you think like do you think seth bullock will continue to like try to keep that marriage together because he does really seem genuinely in love with alma and yeah. You know, I mean, I thought that what the show did was interesting because the way that he even saw them arrive into Deadwood, Seth and 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 Al Swearingen, they were both like in like a like a pretty like like realistic fight. I thought like it was it was really ugly. Like it wasn't well choreographed. It was just like a very ugly, brutal, realistic fist fight. Yeah. And, uh, and what's what's like Seth Bullock is an idiot too, right? Like he really is like this sort of classical good guy. Because he believed, like he, you know, he asked um, before they started fighting, right? He takes off his badge and his gun, and he looks at um, Swearingen, and he's like, you know, you know, do you have a knife on you, or am I going to find a knife on you? And, and Swearingen was like, no, I don't need one or something. He just believes him, mm-hmm. and uh, and then he, you know, he, uh, uh, yeah, near the end of the fight, Swearingen takes a knife out and he's about to kill him until he sees Seth Bullock's son. 
right? And uh, and so his family indirectly saves him in a way. Like this family that he actually didn't want to be around is the thing that saved him from being killed. Uh, and I, I found it interesting that that was what stopped swearing. Like, was that realistic? I didn't know if like I I know Swearingen has like soft side to him, and he's kind of a there. He's not a completely uh, evil sociopath. Like he employs that handicapped woman. And he puts the the reverend out of his misery, and so there are like parts of him that are totally evil. Yeah. But like, to just like a little boy watching you, would that be? Well, is I, that I don't know. I mean, the whole town was like watching. I don't know. Like, could could they? I mean, they have like they they have like mob justice. I mean, I don't know. Like, can you just kill someone? Can you kill the sheriff in front of everyone? Like, when you have him down, I, I think there's reasons not to kill. Well, later in that episode, though, uh, when Swearingen's in, in in the Jeb, he says, you know, he says something like, uh, yeah, like the it kid, was kid, the, the, the kid unmanned me. Yeah. 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 But at the same time, you think like, I don't know, like, it doesn't seem like this is a thing where people can just commit. People do commit murders and just get away with like daughter. Like, you know, they, they kill each other in fights. I guess. I don't know if that's like considered acceptable or whatever to like kill someone in a fight versus like sneak up and shoot them or something like that's obviously not okay um but maybe maybe killing someone in a fight is just sort of but like bullock was down and he was like above him so maybe there's like some law or norm about like that's not you know you don't kill person in, in that in well, what's that gonna like what are they gonna do to swear engine realistically anyway right like well, he's I, the king of the town he, he has is, the most but power I mean, you know, yeah he, but he wants i mean he can't go around publicly you know, just flouting all the rules and, and killing right. people. Right, but he's if he's in a like a clearly like w- what was basically a life or death fight against Seth Bullock, and he pulls out it. Yeah, I guess it is unfair. I don't know like what the like what the the norms or the mores are around like fair fights at that time. But yeah, I guess like if he pulled out a knife in uh, in what was supposed to be like hand to hand combat and kills the sheriff. Yeah, I guess I could see that going either way. Um, but but. Yeah, would it, like okay, so so assuming that the reason he stopped was the kid looking at him, that didn't seem realistic to me. So so I guess yeah, maybe your interpretation is right. Like he wants to believe it's the kid, or maybe it was like partially the kid watching yeah. him, but then also partially him, you know, doing the sort of mental calculations of what would happen to him if he were to actually kill Seth. Um, but again, like if if that kid hadn't been there, I think Al would have killed Seth Bullock. No. I think, yeah, I think, I think you needed both. I mean, yeah, I think it was both. I think like the kid maybe made him reflect for a second. Um, and you know, yeah. maybe it, it looks uh, worse if you do it in front of his, I don't know if he knew it was his son or his, his wife. I don't know if he knew, he probably didn't know that, but like to a kid, yeah, he just saw it was a kid. A kid slice him up in front of a kid probably looks bad. That's probably against the, the other thing that was interesting in that scene was, uh, the, the sort of awareness of, um, of Seth's wife. Uh, you know, I don't want to call her Skylar White, but I'll just call her, you know, Mrs. Bullock. Mm-hmm. where she was covering the kid's eyes when Al pulled out the knife. And as Al's walking towards Seth, she uncovers the kid's eyes because she was aware that possibly, at least this is my interpretation of the mm-hmm. like she was aware that possibly if she uncovers the kid's eyes, then that would stop Al from actually going through with the murder, right? Like, but if the kid's eyes are closed, then Al would, you know, he would have gone through with it because he wouldn't have mm-hmm. experienced any guilt or anxiety or something. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so that was an interesting one too, where she was kind of aware that this could potentially save Seth from being killed. Uh, so that whole, like, yeah, the whole, like, those kind of subtleties in the show, I really appreciate that. Uh, like, clearly, they've thought these things through, and there are layers, and like, yeah, the, the multiple interpretations of why he didn't kill Seth. Right? It maybe wasn't just the kid; it could have also been the town and the the onlookers, and yeah, yeah. There's like multiple multiple um, readings of what happened there. What do you think about the Alma character? She strikes me as sort of absurd. Like the way she talks seems like completely, you know, unrealistic. Like she's got this like very like uh, 
high register that she like always sticks with. Like, like someone will say, how are you today, Mrs. Garrett? And she'll be like, well, it would be an interesting proposition to, to uh-huh. reveal my feelings at this point in time. Although when I was a girl, I once remember, and like, it's like, it's like so sort of scripted and like, I don't know, did like Boston elites talk like this in the late 19th century? Maybe, maybe like yeah. they cultivated that kind of like, uh, uh, you know, this, this was like a way to be a female, you know, refined and charmed. I don't know, but it, it, it strikes me as, as very odd sort of in the context. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, that's kind of what I, I think they may have, uh, yeah, overdone slightly, it. yeah, overdone it a bit just to just to make it clear that she's not, uh, you know, she's not a typical resident of Deadwood. She really is from like another town, another place, another sort of society. And uh, yeah, so they 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 show this with her speech and her mannerisms and like the way that she like she really <laughs> her, her interactions with E.B. cracked me up when E.B. was making offers uh, to buy the what, like the gold mine. Uh, and, and she was like, you know, at one point he, he was like making an offer and she's like straight up just said like, like, just please stop talking to me and get away from me. And then later she's talking to Seth Bullock and says, uh, like, you know, speaking with EB makes me physically ill because he's such a, you know, he's like, he really is like this kind of greasy, like just like everything about him. Right. And so like, it would make sense that a woman from high society would, would, would feel that way towards him. Yeah. Um, yeah. is Is his last name Barnum or Farnham? E.B. Farnham, I think. So Farnham and Bailey Circus. Is, 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 is that related? I, I don't know, actually. Maybe. Yeah, but yeah I, I didn't look into that. Because make because like he looks like he would have brought a circus. I mean, that seems like the kind of thing he would <laughs> he would do. Um, yeah. I wonder if, yeah. I, I'm not looking up any of this stuff because I don't want spoilers. So I just have to, uh, yeah. I'll do all that at the end. I remember I read this article uh, a couple of years ago from, from John McWhorter in The Atlantic. And he was talking about the speech patterns in Mad Men and how uh, the Pete Campbell character uh he's he 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 enunciates every single word perfectly you know instead of saying like you know are are, you know are are we going to do the merger he said no 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 instead of saying are we going to do the merger he says are we going to do the merger very clear very you know not gonna he's gonna say going to and mccorder said that actually a wasp in the 1950s or the 1960s would they would have said gonna uh and so he, he said like the reason they did this with Pete Campbell his you know his his speculation was that like they wanted to make clear that Pete Campbell went to private schools he you know went to you know went to an Ivy League college he's just like a very uh well-educated well-spoken character to contrast him with with Don for example who came from from poverty yeah. uh and so they they, they, so, they took uh, so, some, some creative license with the with the so speaking. What, should, what should they have done to what should they have done to show how the differences in how they speak uh, well, no, no, no. I, I, I think like the, basically the point is that like the the writers may have taken some some creative license with with their speech just to like, like underline yeah. the class differences. Yeah, they underline. But yeah. what would what would realistic? What would, would they have realistic? I mean, it was it was just the same thing they enunciate, but it's like they just exaggerated it a bit because like I, I, that one I don't know. I I think like the idea was that the the way that they spoke wasn't wasn't so different than than like the way a typical educated american would have spoke whereas actually in deadwood maybe they maybe they did go a little bit too far because right well, like people well, in deadwood I mean, the, speak the, a certain way yeah but yeah i mean it was earlier in history where like regions didn't have like you know they didn't have much contact with each other i i just think the i just think the ultimate thing i mean i just think it was unrealistic because like nobody would like have like paragraphs on their top of their head, like every time you ask them, they can like you know they have like well, this the, very all of the dialogue is a bit elevated, isn't it? I mean, the whole thing it almost yeah. like it seems like a sort of a like a Western Shakespearean yeah. series or something. Like like uh, the way that um, Swearingen speaks, 
right? Like I, I, I get, I get that we're supposed to like, he's, he's, he's descended from like English nobility or something. Uh, he mentions this in like the first or second episode of the show where he's like, you know, I, I'm descended from all of those cocksuckers, like referring to like, uh, you know, all of the, all of the English nobility and the, 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 like the, the loyalists, I think during the American revolution, something like that. And so I guess he is like, um, it's possible that maybe he was well-educated and then sort of like ran off to start his own thing. But the other characters too. No, like no, he, he says he, doesn't he say he was a orphan? Doesn't he say when he's with that woman at the, Oh, you're right. That's yeah. right. Okay. So then, yeah. So that, that really doesn't make any sense why he speaks so well. I don't think uh, he speaks that well. I mean, he's just charismatic. He's funny and he's like direct and he's like, you know, he's like, Oh, who farted? Uh, no, no, no. Who cut the cheese? Like, you know, a lot of it's no, like, no, no. Sort he's, of he'll, he'll dictate articles to Merrick, right? Like the, the, the pioneer, the town newspaper, right? Yeah, but like sometimes he's, like they won't know how to spell a word or they'll, they won't know a word. Like they'll show you that, that, too that sometimes they they don't do but he's That's charismatic and smart I, I i never get yeah. like oh this is you know i never get this like unrealistic with him like with uh elm i mean like bullock yeah. and you know bullock is always like everything every word he says to you is like a transaction or like a matter of honor like i will be there <laughs> at that at that moment right like because that's, yeah, yeah. that's the honorable thing for me to do yeah uh, yeah well yeah, yeah to me everyone just speaks like a, a little bit more eloquently yeah. than than i imagine people in the old west actually spoke uh but yeah i mean alma alma is like she does stand out but i just assumed that was because of um you know her sort of boston brahmin yeah, no, of course yeah. and her husband too uh was it brahm who uh yeah yeah who they killed uh yeah yeah he spoke he kind of spoke that way too um but yeah all of them i mean even uh jane right calamity jane the the drunken woman um yeah, the I way think that's, I think that's Joan. Yeah. I think that's Joan, and Jane. I think is it Jane? Jane, yeah. Oh, yeah. Joni is the yeah. Joni is Joni is uh, Tolliver's uh, yeah. what like main main woman. But but uh, okay, I wanted to ask you this too about uh, Doc, right? Um, so so they they portray the Doctor as like a competent person who can be trusted and relied upon. But at least like my understanding, which isn't like that deep, but like my understanding of medicine up until very recently, like up until like the 20th century, medicine was like not like indistinguishable from quackery. Right. And so Doc is seen as like someone who can actually handle uh, severe medical issues. He builds that little brace for the yeah. handicapped woman who works for uh, for Swearingen. And he's like, you know, anytime anyone has an issue, he like seems to know what to do. He like does 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 these autopsies on his own. I mean, does he do it? Like, does he do anything that? I mean, they had prosthetics, so prosthetics was a thing. So that that wasn't completely useless. I mean, the people had those, but it worked um, though for her. I was like, there's no way this is gonna work well, for this woman. I, I, I think they work. I don't think prosthetics were fake. I mean, because after the Civil War, I I remember uh, in the Ken Burns documentary, they they yeah. they mentioned that Mississippi's like budget, like half of or like a third of their budget was prosthetics, like after the Civil War. <laughs> Because oh, they had, really? They had so many. Uh, they had so okay. many injured men. Um, okay, that they it just became the prosthetics. Was like, oh, yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, and and she did like show Doc the like an image, like a photograph of the leg yeah. with the prosthetics. So, yeah, so that that yeah, that's possible. But as far as I like, yeah. I don't see him like doing he any. Fail, you know, right? Like well, he never. You know, 
he never like um uh does like he never uh administers any kind of medical treatment that like kills anyone or like does anything uh yeah, that, maybe, that would hurt maybe them. that's why he's the best doctor of the of the time i mean like what does he do yeah. say he says take a rest like oh you're immune so you take care of the you know the people who are sick you know get them yeah keep them you know keep them cold um uh you know, uh, here's some opium for you, the pain. I mean, and yeah, he's not doing like, he's doing, he's like a scientist. He's like, uh, yeah. you know, he's like, you know, do a got tap season wants bodies for that. Um, but no, I, I don't see any proof. He's like healing people. I just saying rest, you know, take some opium. I mean, there's not like a lot that he's he just doing seems remarkably, uh, uh, just, uh, not efficient, but just like effective, for a doctor like in in that sort of pre-modern era yeah, but how do you know he's an effective so, you know you haven't done studies of his patients and longitudinal <laughs> well okay the, the, the impression of of like the doctor right the, mm-hmm. the the impression the show gives of him is that like he he's like a trusted and yeah, reliable trusted. doctor I mean, but, yeah that doesn't mean he's he knows what he's doing i mean people believe in it but, but mean, the show like portrays him as like never never making any medical errors or any mistakes like i just thought it would have been interesting to like d- d- depict a doctor from that era like like clearly get something wrong and in the present day maybe we would understand but at that point they didn't and so he was you know making making errors that he couldn't have known but was was you know inadvertently killing people um or at least like prolonging their their suffering before they just sort of healed on their own um yeah yeah that that just seemed like a little bit too i don't know like he's giving these 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 prostitutes like lotion for you know their their uh, stds and uh I mean, I, wonder, them, I mean, I yeah. wonder, I wonder how much that stuff is exaggerated. Like, oh, doctors were just like butchers who killed you. Like, they're, you know, they probably weren't that stupid. Like, oh, here's some lotion. Like, they know what would feel good on like an injury and like what would not feel good. And, you know, so, like, so, you, yeah, so, so that, that was another, yeah. So you think that like maybe the, the popular imagination of like the progress medical science has made is maybe overblown or, like yeah, maybe it's not. I, okay. sus- I mean, I suspect there were some bad, like leeches. Like there were probably some things that were like so bad, but like as long as you didn't do those like really bad things, like I don't know, you you might have been you might have been helpful. I, like I don't Saul know. getting shot, right? Like it looks like it's the this show's going to do the thing that every show does, which is like a character gets shot, and then like the next episode or three episodes later, they're going to be like completely healed, right? Like Saul got shot during the the sort of uh, commotion around the fight between. Swearingen and uh and Seth Bullock and uh and yeah you see him laying there and he's like screaming in pain and undergoing the surgery and uh like the next like the very next episode he's like wearing a cast and like completely fine seemingly not in pain um and so yeah that just strikes me like like even in the modern day if someone gets shot in the shoulder you're not going to be walking around like the next day or the next week later uh but in this show it's like i don't know they they, they take yeah i mean it's fine it's a it's a television show but it's just interesting like what they choose to to portray uh as like very accurate to the time versus where they where they sort of tiptoe around and 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 cut some corners and and maybe not mm. not portray the era yeah. as accurately I don't know. I mean, is it a, I don't know. People were tougher back then. I, I don't know. They have experience with medicine of getting shot. I mean, they had the civil war. They, you know, I think yeah. they probably like, knew what did, what works. And but was that information doesn't. like widely dispersed and yeah, available? Maybe, to... maybe, I mean, maybe Doc worked at them. I mean, yeah. Maybe Doc worked in the civil well, yeah, he war. Was, he was in the civil war. That's true. Yeah. There was that. Yeah. There was that pretty like uh, grim scene of him. Like, I don't know if he was like acting out his PTSD or something about like these guys getting their arms and legs blown off. Um, oh yeah. Well, by so, the yeah. way, Yogi said that the Reverend 
That is, I mean, that yeah. when he started losing his mind, that was such a beautiful scene when they went for a walk with him, and he like, "Are you demons?" And they're like, "I'm Saul, you know, I'm Saul from Vienna, and I'm Bullock from Ontario. Like, would you like yeah. to go walk with friends?" Like, yes, I would. I would like that. And yeah. you know, it's so funny. The 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 when so, so would Bullock. So the funny thing about the uh, when Swearinger takes out um, the Reverend. I mean, it's pretty funny because I, I wrote that uh, euthanasia piece, and I was and I was oh, writing right. about like uh, I was writing yeah. about Hollywood like perceptions. Like we generally sympathize with not with people who like just stick around forever, like people who keep them alive, but someone who's willing to sort of you know a good death, like sort of put them out of their misery. And I used like well, I used uh, you know I used some examples of this, um, and you know this would have been a great example to to use in the article of like I think everyone would agree that. You know, it's like you swear you're just looking at him like you swear you're just looking at him like, you know, why do we put him out of his misery? Like, why do we let that poor man walk around like this? And I think you're supposed to sympathize that this is a man who's doing what needs to be done. Now, that 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 scene where he uh, euthanizes uh, 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 Reverend Smith, it's back to back with the scene where uh, where the, uh, the doctor is praying to God, God, why don't you take him? Why are you prolonging his suffering? So it's like God. Yeah is not doing anything. And then Swearingen is just the hard man who comes and like does the thing that you wish God would do, but like you don't have the guts to, uh, to do yourself. And so there's this other part, but there's just, there's this anti-religious, it's like very 1990s, 2000 sort of liberal idea of like religion is stupid. And like man needs to like rely on science and rely on himself because, uh, you know, doc, um, you know, would, would reverence with those. Oh, it's just God's plan. You know, whatever happens, happens. Like, you know, Doc goes, you know, this is God's plan. He's a cruel son of a bitch. So between that and the the scene where Swearinger uh, euthanizes uh, Reverend Reverend Smith, there's this idea that like science and progress are like good, and like religion is sort of stupid and holds people back. I, this I was that- like just a few years before. I mean, this this yeah, that was like what, what one is the first? Was it 2004 that season one aired? Yeah, this is this, the this is oh yeah, this is the heyday of like liberal resistance to like the religious right. Yeah, yeah, as well, but, as yeah. Like, George Bush is going to enact a theocracy, and and yeah, nine eleven and uh, the the right. rise of the, the the new atheist movement, and yeah, Richard Dawkins was yeah, just that about was, to I release think the atheists were a few years after that, but yeah, it was it was it was in the air. So you don't was, you see yeah. these political things like where it's like. It's not like it's not like there's it's not as political as something today would probably be, but it's like yeah. you do see sort of that you know that uh, and you know it's like it's a, it's a worldview that I that I sympathize with. So it's like a worldview like oh this the politics of this are you know perfect or apolitical, but you know the things that say it is cool. So yeah. it's uh, it's unique, that whole era, sort of right? Like yeah, like before yeah, basically yeah, the '90s and the 2000s. That was like an era where you could sort of like uh, yeah, j- j- just like be 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 more like balanced in your your views about like science and religion like right before things like because once the new atheist movement took off then it was like everything became like hyper what uh, partisan or the the ideological divides became like much more rigid but at that point like right before it just seemed like movies and tv shows and everything just seemed like more reasonable um in their portrayals right like like reverend smith is not portrayed as like a religious idiot or a buffoon either like clearly the show like portrays him with sympathy and respect and people people around him right like despite swearingen yeah. not being um you know he doesn't seem to be a particularly religious man he does like have respect for reverend smith and like he he tells like he doesn't want him in the the saloon because it it uh, hurts his business but he clearly I thought, I likes the just, guy. i thought he was just depressing and freaking people out i yeah well, yeah right. he he does yeah. hurt his business exactly what you're yeah saying. yeah and uh and then when he kills reverend smith right like he says something like you know he has this like a, he leaves him with a kind remark about like a, you can go now brother 
right? And uh, and so Swearingen clearly has respect for for a man of the cloth too. Uh, and so yeah, it was it was yeah like a, a sort of respectful portrayal. Um, and yeah, that, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, that that, that this was a sort of uh, an example of the of like um, compassionate euthanasia. And yeah. the other thing that was that was interesting is that in season two, right, these first two episodes, they someone it might have been Swearingen himself said that uh, Reverend Smith was killed by heathens, right? He was he was out wandering around and he was yeah. killed by heathens, and that's the story that apparently like that seems to be the story that people are going with, right? Like because they can't just say that Swearingen put the man out of his misery. They have to craft this lie, right? Like the, the, the names of these two episodes are a lie agreed upon part one and two. And, uh, and this is like a lie that they agreed upon, which is that uh, Reverend Smith was killed by heathens when he was out wandering and uh, losing his mind. And that's interesting to me too, that they can't just say like, uh, like Swearingen can't just say, yeah, I, I, you know, clearly the man was suffering and I killed him. Despite the fact that, people probably know that's what he did right like why they need this lie is an interesting um thread yeah. too yeah the, the the heathens yeah the race the race stuff is uh is fascinating too so you know it's funny there's this one scene with a black guy just out of nowhere right oh, yeah, i saw that too and like, it was like they treated him like like he, yeah no name acknowledged he was black yeah, yeah but that he comes in and like sort of even yells and is disrespectful to Bullock. Like, like yeah. you know, people like I don't know. That would, would a white man like even the Saint Bullock like would yeah. he have taken that in eighteen sixty eight or whatever year it was? I don't think so. That was very that was sort of strange. That was like a very um, and no one said anything about it. No one mentioned it. It was well, odd. It was, just solid, it was just solid Bullock. You're right, but it's like yeah. I don't know. Like I don't think the guy could have you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was odd to me. Yeah, that was yeah. I, I remember that. It, like, I remember. I was like, "Oh, this should be interesting." Like, how how are they going to treat this guy? Like, right after the Civil War, in the sort of lawless, you know, what what like a sort of outpost that you know, not not part of U.S. territory. But what are the attitudes around race? And we've already seen a little bit of it towards, uh, you know, the 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 American Indian tribes and um, and with Mister Wu and Chinatown and Deadwood. It's like I don't know. It's, it's surprising to me too that that Deadwood even has a Chinatown because aren't they in like South Dakota or something? Like, yeah, you know, is there know how many Chinatowns are are in are in that part of the yeah, country? Yeah, it's pretty far east. You're right. I don't. Rem- but I Deadwood don't. does really exist. I actually I've done. I haven't looked up anything about like the real Deadwood or anything about it. But I I mean uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to 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 know like how they if and how they ended up with a. Uh, with a Chinatown and with like a, a it's not impossible. Chinese I mean, the Chinese there. got around. I mean, it's not impossible, but yeah, I um, mean, there's like the railroads and like maybe with gold, the gold rush and yeah. there were things going on at that time, but just, yeah, if it was California or Oregon, I'd believe it. But uh, the, the Dakotas, that's uh that's a little you know surprising. Yeah. But, and, uh, uh, and, yeah. and I think swear like, I think it's interesting. He's like, not, he's not racist. I mean, he isn't like, he's like, you know he's racist. He like uses racial slurs and calls people he's in heathens and celestials. I love that for the Chinese. So, so I, that, that one I didn't get. I, I've never heard celestial as, oh, a, like, as a racial they, slur. They talk, don't, the, don't the uh, don't Chinese like the lunar calendar? Aren't they really into the moon oh, and stuff? Oh right. <laughs> okay. Very sophisticated to, uh, insect. Yeah. yeah. You know because you, you look at the square heads for like you know. So that was realistic. So I wouldn't be surprised. If, I wouldn't be surprised if yeah, celestials was was something something they said. 
Um, I love, yeah. I, I love that. That's a, that's a, that's a great. I'd never heard, yeah, I'd never heard Celestial. I'd never heard Squarehead either. I, I googled uh, Squarehead because I, I actually didn't know who they were talking about in those first, like the first episode or the second episode. Oh, uh, I just like from context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I well, I thought I did, but then I'm like, well, what like what is it about them that would be like? Squarehead, and then I looked it up. I'm like, okay, I guess like you know that was a like a slur for Scandinavians at that time. Uh, but I like how they used it as a sort of a catch-all, right? Like even for the language, you know, like they're like, oh yeah, we heard them speak in Squarehead, <laughs> like, you know, just like a very, uh, like, I don't know, just like a simplistic uh, slur that was a catch-all for for everything about, uh, I guess, like Norwegians, and uh, yeah, the, the slurs against uh, the, the the Chinese community and. Uh, yeah, the sort of uh, like yeah, Swearingen. He's he has like um, like he uses the slurs, but I don't think he uses it like necessarily with malice, right? Like that was it was. I think it's realistic in that they use the slurs because that's just how people spoke, right? Like that's that was like, yeah. like a normal thing. Yeah, and, and I Swearingen think, uh, doesn't like Tolliver. Yeah. It's interesting because he's using. It's interesting he's using the the racism in order to advance his own. He's he's like convincing these uh, these drug addicts that uh, I might be I may be a you know I may be a, a dope fiend, but I'm uh you know I'm still a white man I'm and I don't deserve to be fed to pigs. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. really so well. I think these shows generally have to like they 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 kind of do this where they um like all of the smart characters can't be real racists, right? Like the smart characters tend to use like and i'm talking about like prestige tv shows yeah. where like anytime there are racial complexities involved the smart characters always use racism instrumentally to like get yeah. the stupid people to do something or to like stoke animosity or to advance their names you saw this like uh, i don't know if you've ever watched boardwalk empire uh yeah. but uh, they, they did this too like this was in the 1920s in atlantic city and like yeah the the steve Bu- buscemi character he's not really a racist but like he's kind of you know he uses the slurs and everything but not because he holds any animosity in his heart well, but he uses it Machiavelli, instrumentally right? yeah because i think they're because they're machiavellian and like so yeah. like yeah they want to use people how they how they can so right. is, you know is Ty, is is, is, is Cy oliver i think he's a real racist i mean i think he 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 wants to use it for his own ends but he's also like oh so it just gets me mad a white man i like, I, I do feel like that's you think legitimate. that's you think that's legit you don't think that's putting on uh like like trying to stoke it's animosity stoke. or trying- it's, it's for his own interest but i think he he believes it and knows it's powerful and it works yeah um, i don't know well okay so i guess like with swearingen the evidence that he's like would would Cy Tolliver do business with Mr. Wu if it would like you know uh uh benefit his bottom line I mean that's not like the the only or the best even way to determine like you know whether someone's a racist or not but yeah like it's, actually, it's, a good, it's really, actually good it's actually a good yeah. a good question yeah I don't know if yeah I don't know if so, so, and Oliver it's interesting because racism is like uh you know, anti-racism is like high class and racism is low class today, but it's sort of like, okay, back then it was like, you know, the, the Bella union is trying to be higher status than the gem. And so like, they would only deal with whites, I think would be sort of like a a high status kind of thing. While Swearingen Swearingen would deal with Chinese and deal opium. Like he, you know, he doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he, he doesn't serve Chinese patrons, right? Like yeah, of course, he, he, oh, of like, that would be, yeah, that would be yeah, too far. Yeah, but. yeah. He, he asks Mr. Wu to leave out the back, you know, because he doesn't want anyone getting the wrong idea, but he's also not that upset when he enters the front, right? Like when he goes through the front of the saloon and the guys are like, you know, freaking out, what do we do? What do we do? And, uh, and like they close the door cause they don't want to see yeah. anyone else. They don't want anyone else to see that Mr. Wu's in there and, yeah. uh, and Swearinger doesn't care, right? He's just like, send him up. I need, you know, well, let's see what he wants. Cause clearly he knows that if Mr. Wu's willing to walk through the front of the saloon, then yeah. like 
serious is happening. Well, that, that's what the, that's what makes the black guy I mean so strange because it's like he just walks into the hardware store and nobody even like, treat him like anyone else. I mean, it, it is. Yeah. There's it something is. odd about that. Oh, yeah. the other thing that, that's so Swearingen also, he doesn't seem to be uh, uh, there. Like he doesn't, he's not an actual, you know, an actual racist, which is uh, when he, when he leaves Mr. Wu's uh, like butcher, butchery shop or whatever. Um, he, he walks out like complaining that Mr. Wu's ripping him off. Remember, he's like, you know, how come every time I go in here, you, you know, I end up paying twice as much for a, for a cut of meat as, as you, you know, I thought I would when I entered. And he looks over at, um, who's, who's with him? Is it Ellsworth this time? Or maybe, might no, have been Ellsworth is not Swearingen's guy. Ellsworth is, is his own guy. As, okay. So then maybe it was, it was e- probably, no, Dan, was I think it was Dan Don. Dan, Dan, not EB. Okay. It was Dan. Um, and he says, uh, yeah, so Swearingen says, you know, basically the reason why he, he likes to leave complaining this way is because it makes Mr. Wu look like a big shot yeah, in yeah. front of all the other Chinese people. And so he's kind of doing him a favor, right? Like it's a show of respect. Um, but he, has, he has an interest. He has an interest to do that too. It's not just, yeah. you know, he's the guy he deals with. So he but needs that's, But to, that's something that he doesn't need to do either, right? Like he could just do the business and walk out and remain silent. No, and he, even, he has an interest in Wu being high said because Wu, yeah. Wu is, uh, I think his, his status is hurt in his community because of the two Chinese guys who got killed that he only got one white uh, man to feed to the pigs because of that. No, no, no. It was so, only one Chinese guy killed, right? I think it was no, just no, it one. No, it was two. No, it was, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was one. It was I'm one for sure one. It was one okay. for one. Well, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so one of them would get away with it, anyways. That would yeah. that would hurt Wu's status if one of the guys who killed got away yeah. with it. And Swearingen has an interest in Wu, like being an maintaining. Important man yeah, yeah, because he's willing to deal with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I wonder if there's any explanation for and if that guy will come back the black guy who um who entered, yeah i think uh, the, they, the they wouldn't know what to do with him like because it would be like you have to, like they're always using racial slurs what are they going to say about the black guy like, <laughs> they, they were this respectful african-american gentleman you know walked into my yeah. saloon they're, how could they do they they, they can't yeah. they can't do it and they can't not so it, then right? i guess the question is why put him in the first they could have tiptoed around it or they could have just completely just ignored like the they needed a, like so it's like you have bullock and maybe you have Saul. okay Saul is a minority he's a jew like he, he's yeah. maybe more liberal on these racial questions and then you have bullock <laughs> who's like a good guy he's more liberal in, in uh, the 1870s or whatever yeah, I don't, like he's cosmopolitan i mean he's from vienna i mean you could okay. imagine he's you know compared to other people and yeah, yeah. so like they needed a black guy like all they could the only way they could do this was had to be only seth and Saul, any other two characters, like somebody would have. You know, so, so called it, you think it story. was it was purely for racial representation? I don't right? know. Just, I, I like, don't yes, know. black people existed in the Dakotas in yeah, the 19th I century. Just, a black Let's guy. Throw them in there. Yeah. Otherwise, it if would it, be if uh, it was today. If it was today, like the black would be like a black guy would be like one of the main characters that he experienced racism and overcome it and and blah blah blah. This they yeah. don't want to do that. They they're not yeah. doing that. They're trying to tell a story, historically accurate story. Um, and but they like don't want to have zero black people like even at that time like ever but then so they like, gave him a speaking role which was they, they could have just shown him like like move through the store or doing some work or yeah. like they could have just had like a you know like a non-speaking scene oh, but they oh, had by him, the like, way, there was have a, this aggressive there was a, and hostile interaction yeah by the way there was another you might have missed this there was another black person i saw on the show you might have missed this i think it's when um bullock goes to hunt down the killer of uh bill hickok and he's in that other town i, mm. I see a black lady servant I see a black lady like serving oh, in the bar. Okay. Um, and so like, okay, yeah. she's a, she's like, go. Oh, I don't know if she's like a waitress. Maybe they, they would, they'd have slavery, but they, they, I don't know. What, what would they have back then? I don't know if you just hire a black person. I don't know. Maybe like, I, I don't know exactly how that would work, but I, I think I'm pretty sure I saw, pretty sure I saw a black woman there. Um, yeah. 
You're right. Yeah, you're doing so, like a menial labor kind of job, like uh, yeah, like uh, the the yeah. like Swearingen has the the handicapped woman uh, working for him, and she's clearly seen as like you know, like there was there was that scene where she was walking. Yeah, but these are the these are different categories. I mean, if if the Chinese guy can't even come into the can't even come into the bar, like would Swearingen hire like a black lady to, to do this stuff? I don't think so. Oh, interesting yeah. point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Those, maybe maybe this place yeah. is like. Uh, and it's like maybe like a not a truck stop, but like some kind of like vagrant sort of gathering place. And maybe they maybe you could have it there. Um, yeah, you wouldn't have it anywhere else. Yeah, well, it depends on yeah where did they actually go? Because yeah, I think like different states and different um, yeah, like there were there were sort of different norms around race. I think where in certain states it wouldn't have been unusual to for a black person to be like working like a menial service yeah. job like that. Whereas yeah, the Dakotas it seems unlikely yeah these, um yeah, these yeah. Are, i mean there's a lot of like southern accents a lot of these people who are making their fortune they seem yeah they seem to be out of the old confederacy um yeah, yeah what do you uh yeah so that's that's interesting yeah the race the racial angle is interesting i mean bullock i mean he he bullock is like a multiculturalist too. he honors the native american like after he dies he wants oh, yeah, he gives him like, a proper burial yeah, and... yeah that was i thought that was that was that was too much i thought oh this guy tried to kill him like and he was like oh he must we must respect his cultural you know heritage i, I thought that was pretty ridiculous um, yeah and the uh uh yeah okay what do you think about by the the the, the, the killing of bill hickok did that surprise you uh well, so so something that that occurred to me when I was watching it was, so like he he developed this kind of you know friendship with um, <laughs> Seth Bullock, and I thought like okay, you can't have like two ex sheriffs like basically playing the same kind of like heroic like classical heroic role, right? Like I know Bill Hickok's a little bit older, and he has this legend around him, but essentially like he's just who Seth Bullock is going to be in like fifteen or twenty years you can't have like two characters playing the same kind of role like that. So I figured like one of them, probably Bill was, was, was not going to be in the show for very long. I didn't expect him to die the way that he did though. Um, but apparently that is what happened. Uh, I did read somewhere uh, an article about how like Bill Hickok was shot in the back of the head in a saloon and that's how he died. And he was like an actual famous character yeah. in like the wild west. Um, but like, you know, the, the, the creator yeah. of the show, David is Bill. Like, I mean, is Bill going to be Hickok? I mean, Hickok, Hickok it seems like it was a sort of a, what was I mean, he was like a was he like a Billy the Kid kind of character? What was he in real like he was supposed to be? He was supposed to no, he was like a famous sheriff. Yeah, oh, he was a sheriff. Okay, yeah, he, yeah. he wasn't like an outlaw. He wasn't like Billy the Kid or something. No, no, he no. Was, he was he was a he was a you know a, a, a law enforcement. He yeah, but he was like a legend because he I guess he just like you know was a sharpshooter and you know got into a lot of duels and killed a lot of people, a lot of bad guys, and yeah. So yeah, he was like a, a celebrity of his time. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. He wasn't a particularly interesting character either, right? Like he didn't add that much to the show. I think his his arc was fine, yeah. and it kind of well, he, um, it was there was an know. interesting angle. There was like this aging legend, and you see him when he's trying to get bread or coffee or whatever. He's like his hand is shaking. I guess he's got like Parkinson's or he's got some old man disease, and. Yeah. It's like, oh, how are they going to deal? Like, he's already like he's, he's sort of reduced. Like they say, he's panhandling. He's basically not panhandling. He's a uh, he's he's he's, he's uh, panning for gold. Um, and like he doesn't want to admit that. And like you know, they're saying, how can we make a money? And so people are like, oh, you know, you should just like let them pay you to to gamble at these places. And so like that was sort of like you know, there's like. And like people are like challenging him, but they're trying. It was sort of good. I mean, it wasn't good. I don't know, good, but it was like sort of like. Uh, 
he like maintained his dignity by like dying at the right time because he would have just yeah. been sort of stepped on and uh, violated like for the rest of his life. And, you know, sometimes things happen like that. Like you get shot just in the back, like a legend, just like is sitting there and gets shot in the back by some, you know, drifter bum. And like, yeah. you, did you see that they showed the bum being racist against the Chinese right before he went to kill Hickok? I don't think I saw that he's one. He's eating. He's eating maybe like at a Chinese oh. dinner or something. He's like doing like this with his eye. You don't see the Chinese, but you figure he's like, he's like mocking yeah. him. Like, this guy's a loser, hateful, and he's racist before he goes and like kills this man who was better than him. Like, you know, he's yeah. he's committing a racial, a racial hated. <laughs> I, I thought that was so funny. But yeah. none, of, none of this stuff is like, I don't think that's like woke. I think like, you know, losers are like bitter and racist is like, you know, a real thing that like, you know, can be portrayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's oh, yeah. I, I mentioned that earlier. I think these shows, the smart characters are never actual racist, but the dumb characters can be. And I think that's just kind of re- reflects like the the biases of of like creative types. I think that's mostly true. Like the American fathers were I think less racist accurate. probably than the average American at the yeah, time. Yeah. I, think I think it's oh. it's not an unfair representation but you you just you 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 not one if never's a, yeah probably not never but you know almost always if there's like an actual racist character they're kind of dumb they're like a redneck or like you know like a loser like this character who killed bill hickok yeah. uh and and yeah so so you just very rarely see like a oh, very smart a educated you never see like jared taylor <laughs> like you could see a jared taylor type <laughs> in the Dakotas. <laughs> you know, with the, the the what rate? You know, you never see like the like that guy, right? Like those people are never represented in in, in these kinds of uh, prestige TV shows. Uh, like a genteel racist, um, it's always like a dumb idiot, uh, no, but, redneck but, but type. I mean, it makes sense because dumb people just do dumb like do dumb things for like dumb reasons. So like, just to be racist, like it's your own interest, right? And just yeah. like you know, try to hurt people for no reason. That's like something like a dumb loser would do anyway, right? So dumb people yeah. are portrayed as doing dumb things like in their yeah. relationships with other people so it would make a sense that they would be like you know sacrifice to be racist like against their own interests right so to yeah. be a real racist you have to do something against your own interests if you're just hurting someone because you know you get something out of it then i think it's not so like it's almost has to be true by definition yeah yeah, yeah. well i guess it depends what you mean by hurting your own interests um yeah, but but yeah, that's uh, yeah, I I think it's it's probably a, an, an accurate uh, reflection of reality, but but um, yeah, there just like there just seems to be this kind of resistance to to the belief that anyone could be both smart and racist or or smart and homophobic too. Like they're like I'm, I'm thinking of the scene in The Sopranos where where Tony is like trying to like you know he's talking to Melfi about whether he yeah. should kill Vito. And Tony like clearly doesn't want to, right? Like yeah, he doesn't he, care about he's, the game. He's sort of like pressured Paul, yeah, to do Paul it. Isn't. Yeah, like all of his other guys are like all of his sort of like dumb underlings are homophobic, and Tony just doesn't care. He, you know, he actually cares more about money. He's, he's sort of like what you're saying, right? He cares. He cares more about money. He cares about his interests, and he has, has to sort of act against his interests because all the dumb people around him don't don't want to. You know, they 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 think that he should he should kill Vito. Um, despite being him one of his best earners so yeah and tony is like seen as like the, the like the smartest person the the sort of the protagonist the audience stand in and so you know he can't really not like gay people um yeah what do yeah. you think oh well, so in the yeah, deadwood we don't have uh gay men uh, i don't see but they, they have the lesbian oh. and somebody calls her a dyke at some point uh, Joni. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah the, the, the girl, the girl who was grifting off of that was uh uh called. and you know how did 
did people have like subcultures? They have this thing where like gay men is like bad or passive gay men, but like no, everyone's always cool with lesbians. Like no one thinks it's like, you know, <laughs> like yeah, these are attractive well, to, like lesbians in the bordello. Like, you know, people, I don't think anyone would be angered by that. Right. So it does show Oliver, like just sees her, she's bathing these other women and she makes out with one in front of a uh, sigh. And he's like, you know, he's just like, you know, just looking at her like, cool. I don't know. Like he just looks at her. Um, was, yeah. is, is that, what are they what are they showing us but they're showing us that like everyone's cool with attractive lesbians like even in the old west <laughs> that's interesting i mean yeah that was he never he didn't really react to it i guess that would be like one interpretation right well, she's like i like I mean, women i don't like you like don't come try to get with me tonight yeah, or something like that there's, was, some, yeah. Yeah, there's like a double standard there well what's interesting is that like usually prestige tv shows have a gay male character there's usually at least one gay male very seldom do you see uh lesbians in these kinds of shows but yeah, I guess if you're going to see a lesbian, it's got to be like an attractive, <laughs> it's going to be like an attractive woman making out with another attractive woman in a bathtub. Yeah. Um, well, what's that, right. what's that, what's that, uh, Jane? Well, what is her section? We don't see her with any oh, men Calamity Jane. Yeah, that's true. Well, she had a very interesting scene, right? Where in the beginning oh, of the, she's afraid of Al Swearingen. She's like terrified, right? The show initially portrays her as like being this sort of tough. She swears a lot. She's aggressive. And full of herself, and then she's she's supposed to like guard the little uh, you know the little Swedish girl or Norwegian yeah. girl or whatever, and then uh, Al Swearingen shows up to talk to her, and, yeah. and Jane starts crying and blubbering and saying, yeah, "Get away she's from sort her. Of like, She's sort of like a feminist character, but not a feminist character too. And that like she's yeah. also hyper emotional and and gets scared. Yeah. And I think well, there is uh, like there's a proto feminism to it in that like she she wants to be strong and she wants to appear tough, yeah. but then in the face of an actual like male sociopath who's willing to do anything, yeah. she crumbles before him. <laughs> I right? thought there was a great there was a great scene with uh, when uh, when uh, Farnham was like t- talking to her, and he's like, and also, uh, ma'am, if I am guessing your sex correctly <laughs> he just says it sort of off the head i, I, I yeah. laughed at that i thought that was pretty i thought that was really funny um yeah. the uh they very uh, seldom yeah. make those kind of jokes though right like it's i don't know if it's accurate or not but it seems relatively forward thinking on uh gender roles right like jane like dresses and talks and behaves basically like a man would in that era yeah i thought and, it was uh, weird yeah 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 no when, one really calls her on it she, or says anything yeah well, I mean, besides Farnham, I mean, he makes fun of her, right? I mean, they do, they do, do a little bit like that. But yeah, when yeah. um when she goes with Bullock, and uh, when she goes with Bullock and the other uh, the other guy, uh, Charlie, um, to uh, go get back his badge, yeah, that like they just accept her as one of like the crew. Yeah, I thought that was a little bit much. As far as her sexuality, she does what she's talking to them. She's like, oh, I did meet this one feller who kept giving me roses and was really, you know, one of the Finnish guy. She calls him like the Finnish guy. Um, yeah. And so she seems like at least the man was interested in her at some point. Yeah. She wanted to be a man. She wanted a man interested in her. Uh, yeah. The, um, yeah. I mean, the, the homosexuality, I, I really, if somebody knows, like, comment on this because I'm interested in this, whether they just liked hot lesbians. Like, if that would be so cool, <laughs> if, that, if they were that much like us. That's, uh, that transcends time and place and culture. <laughs> just, you know, hot lesbians. Everyone loves them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But there's no, I wonder, like, my my prediction is, because it always happens. There's before this series is over, and there's a movie too. 
but before the whole thing comes to an end, there's going to be at least one gay male character. There's always there's always one. They always have to have like a token gay male character. Well, it's not in the, yeah. not, not necessarily at this time. I don't know. I think you're going to see some some like gender bender weirdness. Well, like something's going to happen. I, I it's not so. gonna, I don't think you can't just have a bunch of heterosexual men. No, it in just 2000, can't 2004, 2005, 2006, you can. I mean, I, I think it's. Like, I mean, like you know, name name another prestige show from that era that didn't have a gay male character. Well, they were they're all they're all a little later. They're not they're usually not as early as 2004 uh, um uh, when did sopranos, sopranos was 99 to 2007 okay uh, so, the shield yeah. two roughly overlapped um mad, mad breaking, men was, oh breaking bad oh yeah madman had uh sal salvatore uh breaking bad actually i don't think breaking bad did they have a yeah, breaking have, bad is i mean as i talked to with you and chris nicholson a pretty right wing yeah. i mean i think chris uh, yeah, breaking there's bad no gayness saul. is there any what about saul in better call saul is there oh, any? Gay- uh, well, well uh, n- no but he, well there's, it's the same character it's gus it's clearly oh, gus, gus is gus gay is clearly, gus is clearly supposed to be gay it becomes uh, clear, a, a, a spoiler right. alert for those who haven't seen saul who've seen yeah. breaking bad it becomes it becomes more clear it's never it's never a big theme and yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, it's clear. It's clear in Breaking Bad. Spoiler: we Fast forward a minute if you haven't seen Breaking Bad. But yeah, I mean that was his, that was his lover, uh, that guy who got. Uh, who oh got right, shot. that he uh, yeah, got. That was he, a but, but it wasn't a real. I mean, it wasn't a real storyline that like you know yeah, you never yeah. saw. Okay, him, okay. So so, so Breaking Bad has 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 a gay male character. Okay, yeah. So so this yeah now I'm now I'm feeling even more uh, confident that we're gonna see we're gonna see some gayness in, uh, in Deadwood. TV show has a gay male are there yeah. are there exceptions yeah uh the wire has uh omar omar yeah. omar yeah omar you're right every one of them has a gay character how about that mm-hmm. yeah you have to have one it's just uh you can't you can't write a whole series without <laughs> one well, this um, one's three seasons do you know why this guy <laughs> was it always planned to, do you know was this always planned to be three seasons or did it get cut short do you have a do you have uh, my understanding is that it did i think it did get cut short i don't know why maybe budget maybe uh yeah i don't know but but um i know that they the deadwood movie came out i think in 2018 or 2019 oh really it's uh, well, so yeah. we could oh okay now well, now we know the gay character is going to be there for sure now we know for sure <laughs> yeah. i mean they, i was assuming yeah, yeah. i was assuming it all was like around the i was assuming yeah. it was all around the same time but before well okay so so i'm like i'm like 70 percent that before season three ends we'll see one but i'm like a hundred percent like if not yeah. then definitely in the movie uh okay it's gonna yeah. be interesting i hope they don't oh, I, I'm, 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 well, I'm interested now in seeing how they deal with it but i'm also it, worried they're gonna ruin it they're gonna it came out it, it came out after you know the second wave of political correct like you know it came out after wokeness but it came before the summer of love so and and trump yeah it was probably like overlapped roughly with the trump era yeah floyd was was something else yeah this was the great opening floyd so yeah maybe it's possible they'll do it normally yeah 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 you're right what a yeah what a terrible what a terrible culture (laughs) (laughs) things were better in 2004 i agree i know right the uh okay so uh okay so we, we are where we are um so we agree that uh, what happened with uh, where we left off season two, episode two, Bullock was trying to kill himself, right? Uh, was he trying to kill himself? I yeah, he was trying to go. He wanted to swear because he he had this choice. He had to either leave with Alba or he had to stay. He couldn't take either one or he had to cut off. And so 
he like wants Swearinger to just kill him. And Swearinger yeah. like realizes it's like he wants a way out. And so this is why Swearinger comes out and like, oh, here's your badge, sir. You know, I'm sorry. And like he's like torturing him. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> That's a good. Oh, right. Okay. That makes sense then. Yeah. 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 I think that's probably right. Like a, almost like a reversal of suicide by cop, right? Suicide by criminal, uh, like a, like a cop. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Right. Like the criminal who wants to get killed by the cops as a suicide cops could do it too. suicide by criminal. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's kind of, yeah, that, that's a little bit of a different now. now okay. Now I see Bullock a little bit differently, I think, but yeah, I guess that was his, um, he couldn't resolve the guilt, right? Like he has his ideals and his morals, but then he also has his love for Alma. And yeah, yeah that'll be interesting how that plays itself out. Yeah. Oh, by the way, just one more thing. I'll talk about the Dan. Uh, D- Dan's like in sort of the, the Dan, the fat guy, uh, who you keep wanting yeah, to call yeah. Ellsworth. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's like in love with like, uh, not gay, not only gay way probably, but he's like, he's like, he's just so worshipful of uh of al it's really funny to like watch he's like oh right boss like yeah we're gonna get him like he, and he gets jealous of like he starts relying on this other guy named uh adams and he's mm-hmm. just like he's jealous because he relies on adam to do things like no no i'm the one who kills you know kills people like you know not 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 adams mm-hmm. um and you see you see swearinger is just sort of you know magnetic sort of charm and you can see how like he deals with the guy like when when, when dad gets upset swearinger goes and like reassures him like no you're you're my partner like not him like i saw how you killed that guy that was awesome like he's giving him a pep talk like yeah, adams yeah. wouldn't have done that adams walked away right i thought that was i don't know if he really means it for dad or he's just he's just you know smartly manipulating him keeping him happy um but yeah, uh, yeah i thought that was a funny scene yeah yeah he's his he's his uh his his right hand man right his second uh his second uh yeah so that yeah, I like yeah. I mean, th- there's a lot of a lot of those uh, facets to Swearingen's character that I like. That he's, uh, yeah, he he may be like one like depending on how things go. But like you know, if if they keep this level of complexity around him, he may actually be like one of the most interesting antiheroes. I mean, I think Tony Soprano will always be like the, the number one. But yeah, Swearingen like the layers to him, and even his like you know the the scene where he's getting blown by uh you know not, not Trixie but the other the the younger prostitute that he replaces her with, you know when he's going on and on about like how he was an orphan and how his mother was his mother was a prostitute too right, and so I don't think she like, was a prostitute I don't remember what she, she she was I, at least like it was yeah I think she was. Um, hmm. And so yeah, like he has like you know these sort of layers to his character too, and. Yeah, like the you you could see like um, Swearingen is like he could have like he he would have always been a um, a successful person one way or another, but you get the sense that like he didn't necessarily have to be like an outlaw uh, to be successful, but there was something about you know his experiences maybe that led him to to yeah. like, go to Deadwood and start this whole new life. Well, no, he went to so, Deadwood. He, he was running. He killed a guy in Chicago, apparently. Right. Well, well, yeah, but but even the, the yeah. killing of that guy, yeah, like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so there's, yeah, there's. Uh, did, did you did you get what he was when he was telling the story? I, I didn't understand fully. It was like he, he wasn't he working? Was he working like in a pros, at a, at a whorehouse? And then like I think it was Irish a cop guy. And he and the cop yeah, yeah. wanted like, too much money, which doesn't seem like in Swearingen's character. It doesn't seem like that would have been his self interest. Well, I, I wonder if later we're going to get more of that story, right? Like if uh, if that like become it'll be like if that'll become a plot point later yeah. for Swearingen, uh, if that'll come back to haunt him in some way, right? Because he he paid some kind of a bribe, right? He paid five thousand dollars to make that go away. 
but I wonder if uh, and then the they killed the judge, and then they killed the judge, then they killed the judge, and they still they've never. I don't think they've ever settled exactly. They've got it. They yeah. they killed the judge, and I uh, no no it got did it, oh no he brought no no he brought him the warrant. He's like I yeah. have it. I don't know if that kills it, but like he has like I have it in my head, and now yeah. we can be gentlemen. And then he just kills him anyway, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I, I think that I, I think that settled it, or at least it settled it temporarily. I don't know. I like that scene where they put up a telegraph post. By the way, they're like technology. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be destroyed. It's like, well, it's, what's the difference boss. You know, it's just like getting a letter and he's like, you ever get a, uh, you know, what did he say? The difference was like, you know, it's only bad. It's only bad news. It's like letters yeah, are just yeah. like people, you know, and this is just, you know, people bringing bad news. I, I like that sort of, uh, uh, that sort of, uh, uh, the, 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 they're, uh, they're, they're overwhelmed by the change, right? Getting a telegraph. Yeah. 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 That, that was, uh, yeah, I, I was a little surprised by that because Swinogen is a smart person, and so I would have thought they would write him as like a more forward-thinking, like all all the sort of like the 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 uneducated uh, hoopleheads would be like, you know, what's that? Like, oh, technology so scary, and someone like Swinogen yeah. would be like, oh, you you fools, you don't understand. Like, we're you know, this is going to make us money or something. Well, uh, but it, yeah, it's it's sort of like he wants to build. I mean, he wants to build. You're right. He wants to maintain his like uh, things coming from the outside. Could he wants to maintain his control, but he also wants to build Deadwood, right? Yeah. He's like he wants it to be something bigger. So it's like he's he's very conflicted. Like you know, the feds could. I mean, he's got a warrant for his you know for a murder. <laughs> for his up there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. He, so they could yeah they could get to him and and yeah the, he also true. wants to. He wants things to work out. So yeah, yeah. So so yeah, that inner conflict and uh, and and even the fact that like he's allowing Trixie to live, right? Like Trixie basically dumped him like a shacks shacks up with Saul when she's not working and Swearingen, you know, uh, apparently hasn't inflicted any penalty on her. Well, I he think hasn't, it, would be, like, it would be more dishonor. It would be more dishonorable to kill her because then that means he cares, right? She was just a prostitute yeah. and like, yeah, yeah well, they, he doesn't yeah, have to kill like, her, but he could like, he could find ways to make her life miserable in some way or, or at least like, yeah, yeah, there's something he, but he, he seemingly doesn't uh, do anything at all. He could hire someone else to kill her and like keep his hands clean of it and, and make it seem like he didn't have anything to do with no, it. But, but, but he would be admitting yeah. to himself that he's, he's a cock. I, I mean, think, I think some part much. of him yeah. wants her back. So it, it is, we'll but see. also he doesn't want to admit to himself. If he hired somebody to kill her, he'd admit to himself that he, he cared. Ah, he, I think he, he's already admitted it to himself. I think he knows he loves her, but he, uh, yeah, he's. I think he's hoping. You know, I don't, he's, I don't uh, think. He, I don't think he's. Fully, I don't he's, think a, he's a romantic. I think, <laughs> I, it, you know? I think he's. He he knows, but he doesn't want to take a dramatic. We're right, gonna see he, his 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 boot on her neck once more uh, before the series is out. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I hope they have a happy ending. Yeah. So I I love this show. <laughs> this is great. I look forward. I look forward to uh, continuing to uh, to watch Rob. I'm I'm sad yeah. it's only three seasons. I'm already looking forward. To like, oh man, all the you know well, we're we got the movie happy. too. You know we can we, we can review the, the woke, movie. Too. We got the woke you know preach. <laughs> we got the we'll great awakening version of Deadwood coming to, to watch it. Well, it's that'll be interesting. interesting. I'm also mm-hmm. curious how how much longer after well even between seasons how long they're going to like fast forward the timeline. But then you know the end of the third season to the movie that's like 15 ish yeah. years like are they yeah, actually I haven't, going looked to, at, I haven't looked at that yeah i, yeah, I don't yeah. look at anything i don't even want to look at the pictures of the poster because it tells me who lives i don't know if it's a prequel i don't know if it's a sequel i don't know if it's anything. interesting we're, we're, we're no i think it's a, it's a it's yeah no, i think it's no, a continuation don't tell, me. I, I, don't tell me i don't i don't even right. want to i don't even want to speculate but uh, all right well we can uh yeah let's uh let's do uh what are we gonna do season two next or uh yeah we'll do we'll do season we'll do the full of season two and you know it sort of depends on our schedule what we what we we were only planning to do season one here but i i wanted to watch more so uh yeah until next time all right sounds good all right